Hey, Ravings and Cravings here, otherwise known as Ruth Hartunian Allenbaugh, with the show brought to you by the Wyndham Economic and Community Development folks and food people and businesses from all over our listening area, including WILI. Today, today, I have waited for this moment <laughs> for so long. Today, I'm here with none other than our favorite radio morning show host, Wayne Norman. Round of applause. If I had, you know, a recording, I could do that. But welcome radio to uh, this radio show where I get to ask the questions and you get to tell me everything. Wayne, thank you. They have no idea how hard <laughs> you worked to get me on. I did. And how much I balked at this because <laughs> Rachel Ray, I'm not. I don't, I don't, you know, to, to me, the only thing you go in the kitchen for is go in the fridge to take something out and then you leave. I don't do a lot of cooking. I'm on the road a lot. Mm-hmm. So some of your normal questions aren't going to work with me. Well, you know, I, I love not normal. So and, and that's why you're here, right? Right? Because you're not normal. You're just well, was that why I'm here? out of the box. Okay. <laughs> well, everyone loves you, Wayne. Um, you've been on air with people for 53 years. Just to give us some of the accolades that, you know, talk about your bra- brag a little bit. Talk about some of the things that you've received as a result of your being on the radio all this all Well, I think years. the one that really blew me away was 2018. I was inducted into the Connecticut Broadcasters Association Hall of Fame. Hmm. And, you know, 50, at that point, pushing 50 years in radio, I guess it shouldn't be a surprise, except for one thing, Ruth. Yeah. And that is that only 16 people are in that. Oh. It isn't like everybody that works a long time gets in that thing. Oh, wow. So that meant a lot to me mm-hmm. to be inducted into that. And I'm not even aware if they've had another ceremony since that time. I mean, yeah. there was COVID might have taken a few of them away, but uh, it, it really wasn't that widely publicized. But I'm pretty proud of that. Uh, in 2019, sure. yeah. I was named the Connecticut Sportscaster of the Year. Wow. Uh, back in the days of Jody Rell being the lieutenant governor, she called me a Connecticut treasure. I remember that. You know, there's all kinds of little nickel and dime things. And some of that comes with tenure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm not giving up on them. I like them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's there's a few others. But I think those are some of the biggest ones. Well, and, you know, we're fortunate to have you here. And I thought an interesting angle for today's show would be what do people like you eat when you travel, where you go places? You know, you you grew up in California, and you're definitely not living in California anymore. So, like, what are some of the things that, say, you grew up eating? Like, was there something that your mom made that you really loved? Mom and my grandmother, her mother, were mm-hmm. tremendous cooks. Each of them had their specialties. Mm-hmm. The one thing that mom made, and this might have been just out of a box, but the point is she made it, mm-hmm. and she knew that I liked it, was mm-hmm. tapioca. I love tapioca. Really? Yeah. This is out of the blue. How's that one? Wow. that's that. I was not expecting that one. And then <laughs> my grandmother made this homemade applesauce, and there was actually slices of apples in it. It's kind of like what you might see in some kind of a dessert thing, like an apple pie, for example. Uh-huh. And she'd whip it up there on the stove, and it'd be on a pot, and you know, it would be served as applesauce. Mm-hmm. It isn't the fine stuff you get in a jar at the supermarket. This actually had the apple slices in it. Oh, wow. And Mom would try to do that. <laughs> and 10-year-old Wayno would basically say, Grandma's is better. <laughs> so what we called it was, we called it, Grandma's experienced applesauce. Oh, experienced. And then as far as things in California, I don't remember too much as far as going out. I don't think we went out that much back then. Mm. But 
when I lived in Glendale, which is about six years before I came to Connecticut, mm-hmm. uh, we went to Bob's Big Boy a lot. I love Because Bob Wyan, W-I-A-N, he's the Bob of Bob's Big Boy, that little man there holding his hamburger up and that kind of stuff. He was from Glendale or somewhere around there. And mm-hmm. there were a couple of Bob's Big Boy restaurants, including one right by Glendale High School. So, yeah, we spent some time there. We had Bob's Big Boy in Wisconsin where I grew up. And what was your favorite thing on that menu? Did you have a couple? I have a couple favorites. I liked the double cheeseburger. And I liked their strawberry pie. I was like, Mom, can we go there, please? That was Those were my two Well, favorites. I remember the milkshakes. Oh, they had great milkshakes. The milkshakes were great. Isn't there a Bob statue thing over by the Bachdor Cafe? Yeah, I've got I a think. picture of it on my phone here, actually. Isn't that a... It used to be down by the Bridge Street Plaza. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, it, and it, I'd be on the uh, Willamantic River Trail and walk right by it. And I'd go, hey, that was actually what I thought about doing was maybe walking with that at the beginning of the boombox parade. Oh, that would have been But number great. one, it was really big and really heavy. And to oh. be honest, number two, it was mm-hmm. pretty beaten up. Yeah. It would need some work. Mm-hmm. And you, it could have been fixed up, but I decided it's too much hassle. I wouldn't do it. But, yeah, when I saw that for the first yeah. time, I thought of Glendale, California. I thought of Bob's Big Boy. Mm-hmm. I think around here, was it Abdo's? There was, there was an Abdo's chain that had the same guy. I think oh, they were based yeah, like yeah, in yeah. Springfield mm-hmm. or Longmeadow or somewhere north of here. But mm-hmm. I've seen them back east. They mm-hmm. just don't call it Bob's Big Boy. Right, it's Abdo's. And I don't even know if it's as big a deal out there now as it was back then. But, you know, that was the place to go. Did you, you grew up near Santa Barbara, right? Santa Barbara? Didn't you grow up near Santa Barbara, California? No. No, because um, I'm thinking Berkeley. No, I, I grew up in Hollywood. Solving? I, I grew up like... A mile from Hollywood and Vine. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. And I went to Vine Street School. And across the street mm-hmm. from Vine Street School, mm-hmm. which is, again, a mile down the road from Hollywood and Vine, was Desilu Studios. So I am there learning reading, writing, and arithmetic, <laughs> while across the street they're shooting I Love Lucy. That's amazing. Way cool. That is cool. And then when I got out of elementary school, Vine Street School, mm-hmm. we moved to Glendale. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in Cub Scouts. My mom was my den mother in Cub Scouts, so the natural progression at that age is to go to Boy Scouts. Mm-hmm. We knew the new town. Mm-hmm. Mom figured, you know, put him in Boy Scouts. He can meet new friends here and that stuff. Mm-hmm. It worked out great for me. Mm-hmm. It worked out for her because she married my Scoutmaster. And my Scoutmaster <laughs> worked for Westinghouse. He got promoted wow. to Bridgeport, Connecticut. Yeah, L.A. to Bridgeport was a promotion. Wow. He worked in circuit breakers and wiring devices back there. And they gave me the option to stay in California or come with them. Oh. If I'd stayed, I would have stayed with my grandparents in Hollywood, the house I grew up in. And I figured, oh, I'm, I'm up for it. Mm-hmm. They lasted nine years here, mainly because mom didn't like wintertime. Oh. She liked nine months of the year in Connecticut. But those three months with snow and ice, yeah. she didn't like that at all. Yeah. That's when the Santa Barbara thing entered the equation. Oh, they had right. some That's ties there, but they built a house in Santa mm-hmm. Barbara. Mm-hmm. And uh, they lived there until uh, both of them passed away. My mom died about 10 years ago. And Santa Barbara is an incredible community. Well, my husband grew up there. So So you know all about it. We know. I think one thing that makes it really great, yeah, it's on the ritzy side, I'll admit that. But their downtown Main Street, it's Mm -hmm. called State Street, is spectacular. Mm. And the way I hear the story, they had a big earthquake there in 1925. And everything, except the mission, the Santa Barbara mission somehow survived. Maybe Mm. it's just well built. Mm. But pretty much everything came down. And they had to rebuild that town with like a 20th century mentality. It was a wide street, State mm-hmm. Street. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of nice stores up and down it, and mm-hmm. it's a, just a good-looking town. And I think the earthquake and the rebuilding from the earthquake is mm-hmm. why it looks so good. Mm-hmm. 
I bet there are some good places to eat downtown, too. I have eaten in many places downtown. Don't ask me the name of them, because I haven't been to Santa Barbara in Well, how about uh, five years. we'll switch gears to downtown around here. Uh, do you have some favorite places that you've gone that you like to eat? Yeah. Option B, all of the above. All of you know, the I mean, above. I love the Main Street Cafe. <laughs> I like the Colchester Cobb Salad. Uh-huh. Which, mm -hmm. which, which is, of course, has the zip code of whatever Colchester right, is. Right, right. I love Stone Row, and I especially like it when they've got the jazz shows on, like, Wednesday night down oh, yeah. there on the patio. Mm -hmm. And uh, Fenton River Grill. And, you know, and one thing, Ruth, mm -hmm. when it comes to the pandemic, yes, is that I tried to be as careful as I could, maybe mm -hmm. more careful than other people were, mm -hmm. and I was really intent, call it paranoid, mm -hmm. to find outside dining which of course kind of goes away in the winter time. I mm -hmm. get that. Mm -hmm. And so I would look to places where I could do dining outside. Oh, okay, there we okay, go. Okay, so there's a reason for mm -hmm. that. But what it showed me mm -hmm. was how much I like outside dining. Forget the pandemic. Oh, and mm -hmm. now, mm -hmm. pandemic or no pandemic, I want to do outside mm -hmm. dining. I'm happy that now the weather's warming up and now there's some more options that weren't there two months ago. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I'm back at it again, looking for the outside dining. Fenton River Grill has a really nice outside they dining do. spot. They do, yeah. Um, and for breakfast, you know, you got you got uh, uh, Blondie's mm -hmm. has a little outside dining area there. They do, yeah. You mm -hmm. know, I, I love diner breakfasts. Have you gone to the Brooklyn Country Diner? For I, breakfast there? You I can, have not. Tell me know, where to go. Brooklyn, Connecticut. They just Google well, it. That, yeah, yeah. They, they have really great food and they have really good like home home style stuff, you know, meatloaf and all that kind of thing. Uh, and they ha have a golf shooting driving range right next to it so you can watch people doing that. I, I like that place. I think it's awesome. Well, the one thing about the diner breakfast and the ones around here are good. Not that examples. I don't like anything here. I should, you know, add that though. I have, my, I have lots of favorites here. Well, and the diner breakfast also give you gigantic yeah, portions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge omelets, you know, mm -hmm. big Blondie's has these, you know, Frisbee-sized pancakes and yeah. stuff. And while yeah. I'm not really big on sticking a pancake in a doggy bag and reheating it tomorrow, uh -huh. although I have been known to do that, yeah. it works pretty well with omelets. Oh, it does, yeah. That breakfast place, another place that mm -hmm. uh, they don't have much outside dining there, but uh, they, they make great breakfast too. Yeah. And and so what I'll do is I'll have a half or maybe a third of the omelet, but I got breakfast for three days. Yeah. I got a random question. How do you like your eggs in your omelet? Like, runny. Do you like, I a, do a too. Little, a little runny. That's right, because then when you reheat it. Well, that too, yeah. But I mean, even, even the first time. <laughs> And as far as, you know, frying them up, over easy. I'm mm -hmm. an over easy kind of guy. Over easy. So you like it a little bit runny. I'm I'm, I'm poached. I like the, still the runny kind and of thing. And then you were asking about on the road. It's yeah. A, it's, it's, again, it's a multiple choice answer on the road. Sometimes mm -hmm. it depends on where we are. And we fly with the teams. I'm mm -hmm. talking football and basketball on the team charter. Well, they mm -hmm. feed you on those charters. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just finger food and you know, cheese strips and chips and popcorn and things like that. But sometimes you actually get, oh, uh, like a, uh, like a Gansett wrap. I, I asked for a, a, a Caesar salad wrap. Mm, mm -hmm. And to be honest, when you've had the other stuff and the Caesar salad wrap and you get to the location, I'm not really looking to go out for dinner. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, you know, I'll just take a bag of chips and munch on at 8 o'clock at night, and I'm good for dinner for that night. Mm -hmm. And then usually my partner, Mike Crispino, mm -hmm. 
he gets on the breakfast watch mm-hmm. and he asks at the desk or looks online. I think it's mostly talking to people about it mm-hmm. and he finds places to go. And sometimes we've walked as much as a mile to get to, Just to go and eat a, 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 a restaurant for breakfast. Oh. Sometimes they're diners. Sometimes they're sit-down restaurants and stuff. And mm-hmm. you, you get some different kind of looks. I remember some good ones we've been in in places like, like Houston and Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, Omaha had one. And speaking of Omaha, mm-hmm. again, we don't go out a lot the day that we flew for the mm-hmm. reasons I just said. Mm-hmm. But heart healthy or not, mm-hmm. And this is the latter. This is the not part. It's the not. We okay. went to Omaha to mm-hmm. play Creighton back in early February. Mm-hmm. Well, Omaha is famous for steaks. Steaks. Yeah. So we went to this upscale steakhouse, and we don't generally do that kind of Ooh. stuff. And I got myself a 24 ounce prime, oh, which yeah. when it came out, it looked like a 48 ounce prime. It was huge. Oh, yum. And it was not cheap. Really? It's an upscale place. Ah, okay. And then the other guys, my engineer Chris and, and Mike, they ordered some side dishes, you know, the cream spinach and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, the money I paid for that prime, mm-hmm. I think it was 60 or something like that. Actually, that's not I bad. I said, <laughs> there's no fridge in the hotel room. Oh, right. You either eat it or mm-hmm. you leave it. Right. And that kind of money and that kind of quality meat, mm-hmm. I got about 18 ounces through with it. Okay. The last six ounces, mm-hmm. they were a struggle. But damn it, I finished it, <laughs> and it was really, You're really good. You're a trooper. Good. And I'm a medium guy, by the way. I'm not a medium rare. I'm not a well uh-huh. done. I'm a medium guy. I was going to ask you, that. yeah, yeah. And if, and if you're going to ask about, you know, my my, if I had a one dying meal, it'd be steak and potatoes. That would be. But mm-hmm. you're going to ask about when yeah. I got a stent in 2015. Things changed at that point in time. Right. So how did things change for you? What do you do? Diff- what do you do differently now? Well, portion control, mm. mm-hmm. less red meat, significantly less red meat. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. we'll go to things like chicken and things like that. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I've really gotten into since then, and maybe even more lately, just fresh fruit. And that could be apples, that could be oranges, mm-hmm. that could be mandarin oranges, uh, that could be bananas, it could be pears, mm-hmm. depending on what's out there. And I'll usually go through one or two of those every day. Mm-hmm. I've already had a couple this morning. Mm-hmm. And I realize an apple a day keeps the doctor away, but mm-hmm. it's also good eating. It is. Well, what is your, when you're hungry, I mean, I know you you just said you enjoy fruit. I'm hungry now. What do you got? Oh, my gosh. I see I bananas have, in there. I have, Well, besides <laughs> fruit, I have, I have homemade uh, green pepper soup, and I have sarma, which is... The Armenian version of the stuffed grape leaves uh, that have, believe it or not, it has a combination of ground lamb and ground beef in it with cracked wheat and some other spices. It is awesome. I will be happy to let you try that later on. Yeah. I'm in. Say when. Yeah. So we're international in our refrigerator. And then I also have some, I had some bone broth left and I had cauliflower that was dying. So I cooked the cauliflower in the bone broth and then I got out my immersion blender and just whizzed it. So it's like a creamy kind of a bone broth soup. It's very good. I, and I have more. I have other stuff than that too. So you know. Well, I travel a lot, <laughs> and I remember when I was in France in 1999, sitting in the shadow of the Eiffel Tower. I had escargot. Oh, I love it for the first time. Did you like it? Yeah. How would how, how did they season it? What did they do? It was 20 years ago. I don't Butter, know. Butter, garlic. Let's probably. just say I finished my plate. 
That's so good. It was more of an appetizer kind of thing. But And by the way, you want to tell people what escargot is if they don't oh, know? Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, so it's snail. Yeah. Interesting fact, <laughs> when I was in Hong Kong at a pizza hut, they had pizza hut yes, they had on their menu escargot and mashed potatoes, and pizza. Guess what I bought? Guess what I got? Of course, I got the yeah. escargot. I had to try that. I'm like, I'm at Pizza Hut in Hong Kong. How does that happen? I was in Russia. I was in the town of Tver, T V E R. It's about two hours north of Moscow. Uh huh. And uh, I had borscht for the first time. And and. <laughs> There was no second time. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was no, all right. I, mean, I, I don't want to say it was horrible. Yeah. But uh, maybe they have a taste for it. I didn't think it was that great. I um, think Nita's used to have that on her menu, I think, didn't she? Really? I think she did. Yeah. With other Polish kind and of And then I remember too. when I was in Africa, uh, my, my friend Bob Porter, he was in charge of banks down there. They, mm -hmm. He worked for the International Monetary Fund of the World Bank, and his job, he went all over the planet. His job was to bring these third world countries up to Western banking standards. Oh In Botswana, they had just found three diamond mines there. So they've got actual oh, wow. liquid capital in exchange for the diamonds. Some mm. of those other Southern African countries didn't have that, mm -hmm. so their infrastructure is different. Mm -hmm. But because Botswana had real money, mm -hmm. their currency is called the Pula, P-U-L-A, which mm -hmm. is rain in Botswana language, oh, because rain is so valuable down there because of the farms and things like that. Mm -hmm. So uh, at any rate, we went to a restaurant down there, and that was the first time I had calamari Oh, in, calamari. in Botswana, Africa. What? That so doesn't make there's sense. Some food travel stories for you. And of course, do you think people know what calamari is? I know, it's squid, right? Squid, yeah. yeah. I... Well, and supposedly, when UConn men's basketball was in the Final Four, uh -huh. one of their best players, Jordan Hawkins, mm -hmm. he got sick, and they weren't sure if he could play. He got some serious medical attention, and ended up playing, and he ended up playing pretty well, but mm -hmm. up till game time, you weren't sure what he was going to do. He claims it was bad calamari. Now, oh. why I don't buy that mm. is because other people were at the same meal and they didn't get sick. I think he got some stomach bug or something, something like else. that. Yeah. But it became an in-joke about calamari. Oh. In fact, at the parade, mm -hmm. uh, who was it? The mayor of Hartford, uh, Luke Bronin, he was up there before all the people of the parade, before the team and that stuff, and he talked about you know how important the championship is. And he says, here mm -hmm. in Hartford where we have great calamari. He used that as a plug for Hartford Calamari. I thought oh, that was pretty funny. That's a good segue, so, huh? Yeah. So, and then, and then I remember on, a, on my 50th birthday in Moscow, mm -hmm. uh, they took me out to a 200-year-old Ukrainian restaurant. Ooh. And actually, it was, it was circular. Mm -hmm. And in the center, all glassed off and walled off and stuff, they mm -hmm. actually had farm animals there. You could be eating your dinner... By looking at farm animals through a glass right next to you. That's cool. And now you're going to ask me what I had, mm -hmm. and I don't remember. Oh, that's But great. it was a pretty nice night, though. That's awesome. And then went off to the Moscow Circus. Oh, that must have been interesting, Which too. is pretty famous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But to be honest, the Ringling Brothers, or even the Cole Brothers, I thought did a better show than they did at the Moscow Circus. Oh, really? But they yeah. don't know any different. You know, they're used to seeing their Moscow Circus, and it was good. It was their best. Yeah. It was their best. Yeah, I would have gone to the Bolshoi, but it was closed when I was there, so yeah. I couldn't go to the ballet. Well, you've eaten around the world here, I think, haven't you? I saw, But I did, I did see ballet at the Hermitage Theater in St. Petersburg. 
Oh, that sounds awesome. They did a, it was like a greatest hits thing of ballet. And um, I, all I, only one I remember, they did some of Swan Lake. Oh, yeah. Some of the music I recognized. Mm-hmm. So. How about some of your backpacking or camping adventures? What are you eating when you're... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Tell us uh, about that's that. That's a story. Mm -hmm. 2002, Charlie Bender from Lebanon, mm -hmm. his brother Jimmy and uh, his friends John and Don mm -hmm. Drum from Lebanon, mm -hmm. uh, Charlie convinced me to hike the Grand Canyon. And what an experience that was. Mm. Now, their experience, they go every year. They still go every year, even at their <clears throat> advanced age. Wow, that's amazing. And they knew the whole drill and how you handle it with the food and things like that. Right. So you, what you pack in, you have to pack out. Mm -hmm. So breakfast would generally be those instant oatmeal containers because oh, yeah. you got you have to filter your water mm -hmm. and then you create a little fire there and you boil the water and you got your instant oatmeal mm -hmm. uh, you can make instant coffee mm -hmm. and then you go do your walk usually five six seven miles a day mm -hmm. and for lunch we bring along pita pockets and cans of tuna and you'd make a tuna sandwich out of the pita mm -hmm, pocket. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then when you're done, you smash, you just take a rock and you smash the can down because huh. it's empty. Uh -huh. Put it back in your pack because you got to carry that the rest of the way. Only now there's no tuna in it. Uh, good and strategy. then they had an actual pot for dinner and they made a couple of different things on each individual night. Mm -hmm. And then they have on the last night, they create what they call barnyard stew. <laughs> Barnyard stew is take whatever we've got left and throw it in the pot and stir it up and eat it. I bet and it's good. It. I bet Five it's days. Good. I probably did 25 miles down there. Uh, mm. Charlie and Jimmy probably did 50 miles. And oh John and Don probably did about 35 or so. Because I started getting a little sore that first day. Mm. That mm -hmm. first day, you're going down really steep. And your thighs and calves aren't ready for that, oh, despite yeah. conditioning you've done. You can't condition for that in Connecticut because we don't have steepness like that uh, yeah. so i didn't really want to do too much extra walking mm -hmm. and it, you know i turned out barely made it out okay and mm -hmm. lived to tell the story and it was a phenomenal experience and the food was great sounds uh, it all sounds, comes full circle yeah food. everything it always comes back to food because we got it we all we all have to eat everybody's got to eat well i think that i've asked all the important questions but i want to ask something maybe that's not so important as far as your heart healthy type of way that you eat, what is different now than what it was like before you discovered that you had some issues that you need to take care of? Chest pains, they got a dress and they put the stent in, which is mm -hmm. a pretty simple procedure. I was mm -hmm. awake during the whole thing. I felt the stent, my, my stent insertion came through my wrist. Many people I've talked to get it through the groin, they do that. which I think is much more invasive. Oh, but I, I could have worked. Well, maybe not the next morning, but two days after. I had a few more days off. Plus, there was a blizzard in there. You know, I can't shovel snow now. Oh, so I've been no told lifting. not to shovel no snow. No lifting kind yeah. of thing. But, uh, but I felt the stent going up my arm. Yikes. You kind of lose it around the shoulder. Mm -hmm. I asked the nurse, because I was awake during this thing. They, they numb all the important spots. But I said, was that the stent? He says, yep. 40 minutes in and out, next. Such a routine procedure. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, I see a cardiologist every year, and they do all the usual tests, and they say... Things doing its job. You're doing a good job, and so forth. And what do they tell you to eat? What it is? What do you eat now? That's anything different than what? Well, what again, it was less less red meat, and you know, I mean, I I was big into cottage cheese and ice cream and stuff before. Mm -hmm. I'll still have some of that stuff, but mm -hmm. not to the level I did before. Mm -hmm. It's also caused me to lose some weight. But then, when you're done 
with the procedure, they put you in cardiac rehab. This mm-hmm. would be at Wyndham Hospital. Mm-hmm. And you go three or four months until the insurance runs out. And they say, okay, goodbye. Keep doing it. Huh? <laughs> so I joined a gym. And then one day, six months later, by total accident, mm-hmm. with Ray Axelrod from the Railroad Museum, mm-hmm. I was doing a, a Walktober event out oh, yeah. in Columbia, Hop mm-hmm. River Road. Mm-hmm. And I discovered the rail trails. And I went from doing two miles on the treadmill at the gym to two miles on the trail, which I liked it so much, went to three miles, went to four. One day I did 6.6 miles. That night the body says, don't ever do that again. <laughs> I was feeling pretty sore that day. I bet you were hungry but, but after all I would, that too. <laughs> I would do four to five miles a day, sometimes seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it was my happy place. It is my happy place. The Hop River Trail is, is incredible. The Airline mm-hmm. Trail is incredible. The Willamette mm-hmm. River Trail is. And there's other trails around the state. I've been on some of them. Mm-hmm. But to have such a great, long yeah, network of trails around here. I agree. And and when I when I saw the cardiologist, uh, who's in there anymore, but Dr. Fisher Keller, he just basically said, you are the poster child for cardiac rehab. Mm-hmm. Well, we're glad you're still around, and I appreciate your time this morning coming to talk to me about what you're eating. You have a community who really does love you, and we are grateful that you're around. And you've been around for 53 years, and maybe you'll be around for another have been around here 53 years. Yeah. A few years more than that before <laughs> I came to this community. Yeah. Which, of course, one reason why is because the University of Connecticut. Right, right, right. Because I was at UConn for the best part of four years, and then I went to Ansonia, where I worked a couple of years at the radio station there. And Dave Evan, who ran the show here in Willimantic back mm-hmm. in 1970, needed a guy in the afternoon, called me. That's why I'm back in this area, and yeah. I haven't left since. Yay, yay. Well, thanks for joining me today on Ravies and Cravings. This is Ruth Hartunian-Allenbaugh signing off. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I did. <laughs>